that second song about let the water wash over you? Oh. I just said it, let the blood wash over you. Mm. I mean, it's that, good. That was good. I, I had a little different twist on that. Our bodies are made of how much water? A lot. <laughs> so no, just let the water that. that's in us, that salvation that's in the water that's in us, wash mm -hmm. the salvation, the health, whatever. It's good. Wow. Father, you're good. Mm. Mm. Let's take a moment and just contemplate thankfulness. Towards him, about him, and about you. How many of you are thankful for you? Mm. And the one, the one that stuck out the most for me was a life of favor because I know who I am. Yeah. And mm -hmm. all that favor because I finally know who I am. I don't have to work for it. Mm -hmm. I don't have to beg for it. I don't have to bawl and squall, as Keithley says. Mm -hmm. I just am one with him. I know who I am, and therefore that's my life of favor. That's pretty cool to know that. After it is. All these years. Mm -hmm. It is. So when I said to you, contemplate being thankful for you, did anybody like <gasps> have a hesitation? Because there are a lot of people who are so uncomfortable with themselves, the thought of being thankful for you, for you who he's created you to be, would be overwhelming to some people. Mm -hmm. And I think it was for us in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, while those songs were playing, I was taken back to the, the scriptures in Luke 24 about Jesus encountering the two men on the road to Emmaus and how their perspective of the events of that weekend was so skewed from reality that Jesus had to sit there and open their eyes and then walk them through the scriptures so that they understood really what was happening. They were from that, that Jewish religious mindset looking for that masterful, uh, mighty warrior, Messiah, and all of the dashed hopes and dreams, and Jesus goes, let me tell you about the truth. <laughs> and he tells them the truth, and their mindset shifted like that. But their subconscious mindset was based on a religious tradition that had been ingrained in them their entire life. So that when the truth was in front of them, they couldn't see it. Until that truth encountered their mindset and they radically changed. And so it's another reason why we've been looking at this whole concept in Romans 12, 2 of renewing our minds. And how realizing the complexity of of what, what in hum, human terms we really don't know about our minds. We don't really fully understand the connection between body, soul, and spirit, but we know that they're all interconnected. We don't understand the power of our thoughts in terms of how that plays out in our brain and our physiology and our mindsets and our perspectives. But all of a sudden, 
there's more and more truth coming up about those things. And, it's, and, and even like Linda was saying, Don Keithley was talking about consciousness the other day and, and how in various circles right now in the Christian community, there's, there is a growing emphasis on intentionality, awareness, being conscious of things, and then reprogramming, so to speak, or re- the subconscious mind. And there are multiple ways. And I asked you last week for, to do a couple things. One is I asked you to look in the, in the Proverbs for the power of things that affect the mind and our outlook. And I also asked you to, t- to think about things that you do or you're aware of that can help change the programming of the subconscious mind. For the guys on the roads to Emmaus, they had a one-on-one classroom, which was pretty cool. But can't we also have a one-on-one classroom? Absolutely. But there's also other things we can do. And, and part of it is we just don't understand all of the inner dynamics, or we think it's too hard, or we think it's too, too spooky, or think it's too whatever. In the old days, we would call it too new age. But I, the other thing the Holy Spirit has been really impressing on me lately is truth is truth, no matter what circle it comes from. He will reveal truth. He'll have a rock cry out truth if need be. Or a donkey. Or a donkey. I mean, truth is not limited to the four walls of the church. He puts his truth out there on everyone. And it really becomes our discerning heart as to what's truth and what I can reject, or in terms of what, what's not truth, because he gives us that level of discernment. But there's all kinds of things. I added to the board today, there's a mind-body connection. Your mind and your brain are not the same thing. The brain is an organ that responds to the mind. What's the mind? There's things that are being looked at. And thoughts and energy. There's so much we don't know. And it's okay. Because he'll, because actually we do know it. Everything that pertains to life and godliness is already there. But I may not need to access all of it at this very moment. But I do think there's a, we're entering into a season where the sons of God are going to be able to explain to people just like Jesus did walking down the road to Emmaus. This is where your life went, and this is how it turned this way, and this is why you're feeling that way. And let's just refocus. <laughs> this is who you are. This is who the, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords says you are. He says, I purpose to create it you before the foundation of the universe. You are an expression of me. And as an expression of me, you're unique. And I give you things to express to the world but also to to believe in and for yourself because that's how cool and awesome you are. And and if you're an expression of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and the Trinity, going back to the old God don't make junk, right? But there are times when we feel like we have felt like in the past we're junk. And on our Thursday night group, again, we, we, we spent an hour and a half this week talking about gra- uh, gratefulness and just how being in a place of gratitude affects your physiology because your mind is releasing things, telling your brain to release things that affects and changes your physiology. 
And so I want to just go back to those two questions I threw out last week. Anybody find anything in the, in the Scriptures? It doesn't have to be the Proverbs. Would it, did anybody find anything about thoughts and beliefs and feelings and, and, and physiology and anything like that? Did anybody come up with anything? Well, I didn't do my homework, but... <laughs> That's quite all right, Sharon. But the thing that always jumps out to me is that one verse, I think it's in John, where it says, may you, prosper, may you be in health even as your soul prospers. 3 John 2. Go ahead. But that's the one that always jumps out to me, that they're so interconnected. Yes. And I think, you know, one of the things I think, I think, like I might be way and wrong. I know I'm not wrong, but I don't know the relationship. But I think we basically really have three minds. The mind, the heart, and the gut. And somehow those all interconnect for and do something with our body and stuff. Yeah. You talk and you all know of Carolyn Leaf? Ever heard of Carolyn Leaf? You, Carolyn Leaf, I was just perusing videos this week. She has one on on the mind gut connection. And there is the heart. You know, we talk of Braden talks about and Dispenza talks about the brain and the heart coherence. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Braden, Dispenza, and others, they come at this from a more scientific kind of way that God's given them truth, but they're trying to express it in non, non-Christianese, okay? But that's still truth, even if you're expressing it in non-Christianese. Well, you know what's interesting, because I've thought, I've been pondering this lately, is, you know, because I think like that too, and I thought, well, what if they're actually truth, and we're just, we're the ones that have the skewed language, because they, all of the stuff that we're learning, they've known for years and years Mm -hmm. and years and years, we're the ones that are just now catching up. Yeah. So it's weird. It, 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 It is. But I also think we bring a perspective to it that they don't have. And that's what I think Holy Spirit's doing right now, is he's merging perspectives. uh, Because perspective starts in the subconscious mind. And if I think I'm a worm, that's my perspective. And as we look at our chart, I'm going to perceive my my experiences from from a filter of a worm, and my reality is I'm going to be a worm. So so I I think you're right, Sharon. I think God is doing something right now for those brave enough to step out of the box and, and, and step back and go, all right, Holy Spirit, what are you doing? What are you doing right now? And, and we, gosh, who do we have the conversation with? We had a conversation, Carol and I did, uh, with someone the other day that, you know, what happens is we get, we, get, we get so tight in our box that we'll miss a level of truth with, the, with what Holy Spirit wants to do at that moment yeah. because, our, because we're so locked in our box, that box being our perspective. I mean, how many of you know if God blows up your perspective, you'll, you'll be alive tomorrow? It may look different, but you'll be alive and probably a lot more free, you know, so, because cause perspective binds us. Carol? So that video that um, this, they showed us, this, I don't, I don't have the video, um, but it was a... It was like, listen to this, and do you hear this, or do you hear that this statement? Do you hear these two words, or do you hear these two words? I think one of them was like, uh, I forget now what they were. Oh. But you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And the, the whole concept was that our, our subconscious mind tells us what to see. Mm-hmm. 
we don't necessarily see what's there, but our mind tells us what to see. Yeah. Our, the subconscious mind says, see it this way, yeah. see it yeah. that way, hear yeah. it this way, hear it that way. There's a, a video, and I might play it, I'll see if I can find it maybe next week. There's a video about people throwing a ball back and forth, right? And the goal is to count how many times they, they touch the ball. Well, there's this gorilla that runs through. When they get done, they ask people what they saw, and almost nobody saw the gorilla until they said, did you see the gorilla? And then it went click. Because they told them, we want you to look at this. So anything that didn't line up with that, their mind blocked. And it was kind of, it's fascinating, because when we get so focused and locked on something, then other things that don't match that, we, we just push to the background. I think you did that to us a long time ago where you had us look at a, in the room at a certain color and then you asked us, well, did you see this color, which wasn't the color you had us ask, I think. Mm -hmm. Did you do that? Mm -hmm. I thought so. Mm -hmm. So Third John 2 is one of those scriptures. Brother, uh, let me just read it because I have it right here. I pray that you may enjoy good health and all that may go well with you even as your soul is getting along well. That's from the NIV. That's <gasps> <laughs> from word. Third John 2. Somebody read it from somebody else read it. Read third John 2. Go ahead, Diane. Okay. Uh, beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospers. Yes. So there is, I mean, that's a that's a highlighting of that connection. You know, and in is it first Thessalonians 5:17, and where Paul talks about God preserving your body, soul, and spirit. So there's connectedness there. But we tend to read that verse as body being separate from soul, being separate from spirit, when in reality what we talked about last week is they're really not. You really can't separate them. But look at, just jump to the Proverbs for a minute. Proverbs 17.22. Yeah, read it. A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Yeah. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Yep. Back up to 16, same chapter. 17, 16, same chapter. I think I'm in the wrong one. 17, 16? Yeah, I went to 30. It says, How much better to get wisdom than gold? To get understanding is to be chosen rather than silver. Of what use is money in the hand of a fool? Yeah. Since he has no desire to get wisdom. So. The first verse that Sharon was reading there talks about our attitude, our perspective, joyfulness, gratitude affects our physiology, but also then the opposite would be true. If I'm a, if, you know, Stuart will relate to this, we, we see a waitress uh, when we have breakfast with Bob Evans, she oftentimes refers to herself as a Debbie Downer. You know, well, she's setting herself up for a self-fulfilling prophecy of being negative. And we know that negati negativity on a large scale will affect our physiology. You know, we talked a couple years ago about cells having gates and they open and they close depending on the hormones that are released based upon our emotions that are going on. And when we're happy, they open up and, and life is abundant. But when we're, when we're in a negative mood, those cells close, which closes off a level of nutrients and things coming into them. And so there's such a complexity to all of this. And so if you know if we and if we, some of us may have a tendency to be Debbie Downers at times and sometimes it's situational like you know this morning I I was just really hurting because I bruised a 
I bruised that rib and 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 well. <laughs> the ground bruised. Yeah, the ground bruised it. Yeah. So, but uh, this morning for some reason it was extremely painful, and it was just very, I, it took all of my energy to focus to get out of the house this morning, because every part of my being was saying, <laughs> "Stay home, ice." Let them deal with it themselves. <laughs> but I couldn't do that. And so, so I pushed through, and, and I'm, I'm actually feeling much better. But So sometimes our body can influence our thoughts, and that can influence our choices. Sometimes our thoughts influence our body. That can influence our choices. And just sometimes... Life happens, but if we're in a place of gratitude, it's less likely to influence our choices. But when we start to go negative, there are ways to reprogram the mind. And that's, that's what we've been talking about. That's, and, and part of that is leads to, to when we reprogram our mind into a more positive format, especially our, our talking at the subconscious level, in, it increases our physiology. I, mean, I was watching a video this morning where they were talking about a person bent over like this has a poorer physiological connection than a person who's standing straight up because the energy levels when you're bent over are being trapped in certain spots of your body. And I, I guess one of the reasons I'm sort of camping in this area is I'm really fascinated by all of this. Holy Spirit has really put the spotlight in my life on how little things over here impact not just me but impact you and and the choices i make and if i'm running on a on an old program that's adversely impacting me then i'm adversely impacting you as well because we're all connected in in, in our union and our oneness with the trinity and so i want to be as free as i can be and it's always been my passion to see you all as free as you can be more so than I've until now, I've wanted you to be free, even if it was at my expense. But now it's like, no, wait a minute, we all deserve to be free. Amen. And there should be no expense in the yes. sense of costing us something, because we live, we live connected to the one who took the guys on the road to Emmaus and went, awaken. And they did. Carol. So what you just described is, is that mentality that a lot of people have is that there's only so much you know there's only so much available mm -hmm. and and the supply is only so much and that's that comes out of our you know newtonian economics courses that we take and what have you but when you realize there's an abundance of health available you don't have to give up your health so someone else can have health you don't have to give up your freedom so someone else can have freedom mm -hmm. there is enough to go around that's where we've gotten stuck is that, oh, there's only so much and, and I only get a small piece of the pie. If I take a smaller piece of pie, somebody else can have a bigger piece. Yeah. I think it's important. This is just a small distinction, but I do think it's important, at least in my mind, so it might be old programming, but I do think it's important that we, just like salvation, we are already saved and we're, we're experiencing it more and more. We are already free. Yeah, and we are we are being awakened to how free we are. Yes, yeah. and yeah, and that's an and that's overcoming some subconscious programming, because up until recently, you know, up until I started just exploring grace, I didn't feel free. 
I never felt free. I always felt bound. Well, even now, sometimes you don't, but... Yeah. 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 Look at this verse, Proverbs 11, 25. Can I tell a quick story? Sure. When I was listening to the music, I just kind of had this vision, and I don't want that to sound all super spiritual, because it wasn't. But in my imagination, I saw myself walking through the desert, and it was like, that was, this is characteristic of my life. And then as I was walking through this really dry desert, I saw this tunnel, and it was made out of really nice green foliage. And as I was walking through, I could look around, and there was everything I wanted. If I needed gold, it was hanging on the wall. If I wanted a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, it was hanging on the wall. And I knew there was a lake at the end of this. And as I kept walking, all of a sudden, there was no more things. There was no more gold hanging on the wall. There was no more sandwiches. And it's like, I said, why is this? And he said, because it's there. You just don't see it. Mm-hmm. And as I got to the lake, it was like absolutely gorgeous. The lake was super <coughs> deep, but there was no weeds in the lake. Mm-hmm. And maybe in the very deepest part, there was weeds only because they gave oxygen, which meant they gave light. And I'm sitting there as I got to this, I'm looking around going, where's my house in this beautiful place? And it came to me, this place is paradise. This is your house. Mm. You don't need walls. You don't need a roof. This is everything. Mm. And it was really powerful for me to see that, that I'm on that journey. I'm not there yet. I'm just still, I'm still grabbing the coins and the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. But <laughs> I see what's ahead of me. And, and it, to me, that just flowed in with what we're saying that that's what's ahead of us is that place where we don't have to focus on what we're going to have for lunch or the other trivial things that would have been hanging on the walls earlier that it's just there when you want that it's there yeah and that's just so quantum yeah it's good just it's it's amazing to me okay it's just the whole thing about um, the belief in our choices to believe how deeply we are because of the verse when Carol was talking, her remark was really good, but right away that verse came to me about how he wants us to have life, but life abundant. Yeah. So are we really going to believe what yes. we're reading? Yes. And how far are we going to take it? Yes. So read this verse, somebody. A generous man will prosper. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. Any other versions? Those who live to bless others will have blessing heaped upon them, and those who pour out their life to pour out blessings will be saturated with favor. Wow. The generous soul will be made rich, and he who waters will also be watered himself. Now, when when the scripture says a generous man will prosper, what's the first thing when you hear the word generous? What do you think? Money. Money. Why? Because we've been programmed. <laughs> right? How many ways are there to be generous? Oh, my goodness. Hands. With your hands. Innumerable. Your time. Your words. Your words. Your thoughts. Your thoughts. That's quantum. See. Smiles. We, we, when, we, when we approach the scriptures like we do so often, like the men on the road to Emmaus. We, we approach them from what we understand in that moment to be truth. But then when we have a discussion like this and go, well, generous doesn't always mean money. It may. But religion will have you believe but that. But religion will have you believe that, possibly. 
But think about that. When we have an open discussion on, an, on a conscious level about a term that we have, inc- we have believed something different about historically, does that help reprogram the subconscious? I think it does. That's why I really like the, the format we've been doing for the last almost a year now of just open discussion. Because there are times when you guys come up with something and go, I, I go home and go, I never saw that until they told me that. So it's like there's so much freedom in having open discussion because it does help to, re, to begin to reshape our perspective by renewing our mind. And, and if I'm sitting at home reading the scriptures from my preconceived notions, I'm going to just reinforce my preconceived notions. Unless Holy Spirit has one of those, get out the, get out the, the pneumatic hammer and break through my concrete bunker, it's going to be tough to change that. But when we're in an open dialogue format, it's easier. Because, I mean, there are times when you guys come up with stuff and I just go, where did that come from? That is so good. And then I go home and I ponder it. And then I get to ponder it twice because when I re-listen to, to that conversation, it's like, oh, there's even more here than I, than I remembered. And, and so take another look at, if you would, at um, Proverbs 13, 12. This is similar to what Sharon read earlier. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. Interesting. A longing fulfilled is the tree of life. Where can you take that with your thoughts? I guess you can go to gratitude and say, ah, I thank you that the desires of my heart are fulfilled. I am, I'm choosing the tree of life where everything is fulfilled. What verse? 13, uh, 12. A longing fulfilled is the tree of life. We know that we live out of the tree of life, so we should have we should have expectations of longings being popping in our lives. But again, I was raised in a way that you all matter first. So I am not going to be looking all, always for my own longings to be fulfilled because I'm too focused on you all. Which is going to hold th- hold things back? Did you have something, Carol? You want to? Yeah. Somebody had something they wanted to say, Stuart? You know, it was this morning that I was having coffee and I was reading these verses, and I was reflecting on a conversation we had with Debbie Downer about she was saying that she hopes for the rapture, and I said, well, you know, think a bit differently. Think of people's hearts changing, and so what we're going to do is people's hearts are changed. So I said, like an employer, instead of them saying, I'm going to pay you as little as I can, but enough to keep you. I said, what would you do if all of a sudden your employer said, I'm going to pay you as much as I can? And I was thinking about that, and then all of a sudden it, it occurred to me, I'm looking for something in the future, and I should be walking in it in the, in the present. And I got thinking about, how can I be that employer? And I started thinking about, I go to a restaurant, and I give the lady 10 to 20% tip, what she's customarily deserves. But what if I gave her 30%? Am I now living in that land of, you know, it's like if you if you want change, be the change. So if you want to walk in it, and I, and I really was convicted to say, you need a change of mind so that you can be one of those people already now that 
gives as much as you can reasonably. You know, I could have signed my title over to her for my car, but that's stupid. But I was really convicted on that. I was really it's like, whoa, we've got and, to really change our thoughts. And signing the title over without the prompting of the Holy Spirit may be a detriment to her at that point. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Because because what you're called to be in terms of encouraging in that moment or or uh in, in what's another word for encourager? Um whatever. Exalter in that moment has to be relevant to them. Yeah. If it, if it's if it's something you want to sacrifice and it's not relative to them, it doesn't bless them and it deprives you at that moment because you just lost your car. <laughs> Linda. Everything we're talking about, I keep coming back to that example that you gave of people watching the ball and then the gorilla coming mm -hmm. through. Well, that's kind of like what I said, religion, you know, we're in that box and we don't see the gorilla, but it can be applied to any other, anything else. Um, I used to have a bad knee and that's all I could see. So when I see health walking through that, I don't recognize it because I'm pre-programmed. Yes. But if my conscious mind will see health walking through that picture, then that will reprogram me to know that it's health that I have and not pain and suffering. Mm -hmm. And I think that could be even like you said with the Debbie Downer. You know, you could, I think we can use that as an example for people to tweak that. Debbie Downer says, well, I don't know, I'm, uh, I'm, nobody loves me, everybody hates me, I'm going to eat some worms. And you just say, well, now, Debbie Downer, what if someone came along and said that you were beautiful and that God loves you? Are you going to be so programmed into that, or are you going to see that love walk through? And if you could get somebody to see that, then they can start to reprogram. Yes. You know, everything I've been filtering through that example, and I think it makes sense. Mm -hmm. There's a lot to that. I like that. I like that well, real well. Well, thank you. Do I get a gold star? No, you get to have Majestically Awesome before okay. your name. Okay. I thought I already did. Well, I'm anointed. <laughs> you and a gold star. All right. There you go. But I was thinking about it. It's like, that is so powerful that... It's like like Dispenza or Braden talks about, you know, this is a, a, the person with a tumor. That was a possibility. But there's another possibility, and that's almost like a, a conscious thing to sit and think, okay, this is a possibility that I'm this, but there's also a better possibility, a more optimistic policy that I'm that. Mm -hmm. And, boy, yeah. what a challenge. Yeah, You can pray with people like that, yeah. too. And, and, program, and this reprogramming of the subconscious starts with a conscious intention and a, yeah. and a conscious act, but sometimes that's not enough, and that's why we, we're, we've been talking about there are techniques that we can use, um, and we're going to talk about that in a minute, but there are techniques we can use that then go in and reprogram that, that subconscious negative programming, or, or it doesn't always have to be negative. It can be a very positive programming that just doesn't line up with truth, okay? So, so... But oftentimes it starts with a conscious awareness. And when we come to the scriptures with an open heart as opposed to that I'm going to read it from my preconceived position, oftentimes a scripture will begin 
a thought process that then leads to a reprogramming of a subconscious. Because isn't that what Jesus really came to do? Jesus didn't come to start a religion. He came to destroy the misperceptions about God. Right? I mean, he came to, he came to dismantle the old covenant system, in a sense, because it wasn't the truth about who God was. It was something that the Jews wanted. They wanted the law, and he gave them the law. And throughout, and then what's Paul say? The law is great, because it'll point out the fact that you can't do it on your own. And then you need, you need to encounter the ultimate truth, which is Christ himself. So take a look at, um, did we read 1430? Did we just read that one? 14 what, 30? 30. Did we do that one? Uh, no. Let's read 1430. That's similar to where we started with Sharon. 1430. A heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. So now we see how thoughts can not only be positive and uplifting, but can be destructive. So what happens if your bones rot? You get up in the morning and you're hurting your ribs. <laughs> that's not rotting, that's injury. What's, what, where is the life of the blood formed? Bones, bone marrow. In the bone marrow. If your bones are rotting, you're going to adversely affect the production of healthy blood cells which means you're adversely affecting the capacity of your immune system to function because the things that need to get carried around through the bloodstream are going to have a little bit more difficulty. And if your bones rot bad enough, <laughs> they probably have to remove them, that section of your body. Or your knees. Yeah. So... So here we have a, a, a you know here we have a reminder that if I go if if I'm going to live a life of Debbie Downer, I might as well start expecting to have an increase in prescription medications because they're going to have to do something in, in the natural to compensate for what I'm triggering from an emotional or th uh, subconscious level. Interesting, huh? God thought of that first. Duh. I love that. Look at, and you guys can keep talking on that verse, but look at 15.4. Tongue that brings healing is a tree of life, but a deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. So how does a tongue bring healing? By speaking truth. By speaking truth. Do you think when Jesus opened the eyes of the guys on the road to Emmaus, their body responded to that truth? I bet they did. First time I ever heard God say, I love you, I about freaked out. Because <laughs> that was not in my wheelhouse. My, that was not my perspective. And then when Papa said, I love you, I went, I like froze and went, Doo -doo 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 -doo. you know, I mean, it was so hard to comprehend. But the more I heard that truth, and the more I accepted and believed that truth, the more it reprogrammed my subconscious. And now I don't have any question about that. Come here. Let's do a muscle testing on that just to show you. Carol. God loves me. God loves me, yeah. See? That's true. Because my. Now. 
God does not love me. God hates me. God does not hate me. See, so I believe that. Yeah, it's cool. So it's a lie detector. <laughs> Sharon mentioned that last week. Asking Carol. I mean, it's still something to ponder. It's, we get that. Uh, it's a it's a psych thing, you know. But yeah. it really, if you think about it, what's happening is like if if, if the police and the detectives have that lie detector test, right? They've done that for years and years and years. All they're doing is hooking up electrodes to our system, and they're measuring the exact same thing that Carol was doing with your arm. Yeah. So it's exactly the same. It's just a natural way rather than having yeah. electrodes on it. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So back to 15.4. The tongue that brings healing is a tree of life. Can I read from the Amplified? Sure. It says, a gentle tongue with its healing power is a tree of life. Mm. But willful contrariness in it breaks down the spirit. Mm. So how many of you ever pondered the fact that you, you are a manifestation of the tree of life? Think about that. You have the capacity to manifest life by gentle or kind or loving words, and that scripture says that makes you the tree of life. And see, I, I think we can present truth with a contrariness that will do harm, or mm -hmm. we can present truth in a gentle way that will bring life. What's, what, what does Ed always say, prophecy? It's to edify, to build up, to lift up, to cheer up to encourage, yeah. but if you come in with an Old Testament prophet perspective of doom and gloom, you're not speaking life. You're not, a, you're not ministering the tree of life. You're ministering something totally different. It's, it, Paul would call it a different gospel today. A deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. I could look at Stuart, and, and, and I know that Stuart knows that he is majestically awesome, and I could walk up and say, you are the most crazy person in the world to think you're majestically awesome, because that's not what the scriptures say. Don't focus so much on, um, how do I say this, Lord? Um, it's uh, not, you want to focus all your attentions on everybody else without focusing your attention on knowing you First. Oh my gosh, Linda, I was listening to videos last night in YouTube about empaths. And I'm sitting there going, you're guilty. Because. And it's a good thing, but you take uh, it too far. Because you're afraid of what you're going to know. You, well, you're not afraid of it, but you don't really want to know about it. So you focus on others so that you don't have to deal with yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And that was programmed into you. You and I yeah. talked about your history. That was programmed into you. Exactly. Well, what I'm hearing is put your oxygen mask on first. My oxygen mask? Yeah, like on. in the plane they yeah. say, put your, put your, take care of you. First. But you can't take care of others. Take care of you. Shoo, wow. 
Yeah. This yeah. is an exciting day. Kind of like what he said in the beginning when you were saying the same thing. You were in church as a pastor helping everybody else at the extent mm-hmm. yourself. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's coming through because my mind just makes a joke out of it. It's like, I'm getting so much out of this, I'm going to have to hit the offering plate on the way out. <laughs> Yeah, just hit it. Don't put anything in. Okay. <laughs> 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 she used to like roll my eyes like you do. <laughs> she tried to test me. And I oh, I rolled my eyes. She, she, yeah, she used to be in the same way. Okay. Let's check in with Muriel a minute. You tracking where we're at, Muriel? Yeah, talking about putting your heart out in front of everybody. I it's know, like, right? wow. <laughs> what a great thing to have a church family. <laughs> Hi, Muriel. Hi there. Um, do you guys realize something what? that uh, we have just we have stepped? Terry has stepped us over into the next step of our journey. We've all been—I think we're all pretty good on grace—and now I think we are in the process of going to the next phase. Um, and. Uh, I think it's very exciting, whether you know it or not. But so I, I can't. Uh, well, I can't give the word for it, but it's definitely something to do with our mind. And uh, I, I'm going to dwell on that a little bit this week. But do you do you guys feel that yeah. that we are yeah. moved yeah. into another phase? Yeah. yeah. That's a good and observation. And it's, it's very very exciting because we're in this journey together. We're moving <laughs> together. As a as a one, yeah, I love it. Yeah, yeah. I want to move from one dimension to the other and back and back and forth. That's what I want to do. So take a look at Proverbs sixteen twenty three. Muriel's comments have inspired me, so we're going to keep plugging away here a little bit. Can I say something? Even though as we're looking, it's interesting because I think sometimes we must know somewhat what our subconscious mind or our programming is. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I have been saying, it doesn't matter to me if God is in me or I'm in him until I know that God is good and I can trust him. Like, that felt so foundational. And I kept thinking, I'm missing something. I'm missing something. Because God in me and God in, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so that muscle test kind of confirmed, like, something I kind of felt. Yeah. So it's interesting. It's very cool. Yeah. Take a look at 1623 from Proverbs. Well, and just to bounce off of what she said, yes, there are times, but then there are also times when you're totally right shocked by what yeah. you're, yeah. So what what verse? Sixteen twenty three. Twenty three. Okay. Somebody read that one. The heart of the wise teaches his mouth and adds learning to his lips. Okay. Winsome words pour from a heart of wisdom, adding value to all you teach. Okay. Listen to this from the NIV. This might be one of the few times I actually like the NIV. Sorry. Go ahead. 24. Nothing is more appealing than speaking beautiful, life-giving words, for they release sweetness to our souls and inner healing to our spirits. I was going to pick that one up next, but that's good. (laughs) listen, Listen to this. A wise man's heart guides his mouth and his lips promote instruction. Where does wisdom resonate from within us? Wow. 
our heart, which includes our mind, but it also includes that connection to the to the Holy Spirit. So there's a there's a level of Holy Spirit functioning in our in our subconscious to bring forth wisdom, to bring forth guidance, to bring forth instruction. Think about that. When you are conscious of the fact that your subconscious will reveal and speak to you, you're going to have a greater awareness of what God is saying. So that when you encounter someone that needs help, you can speak a kind word in season with a little bit of direction if Holy Spirit leads you to that, and watch what happens. So share what you shared Thursday night about, you know, after your oh, yeah. fall, what yeah. came to, from your subconscious into your conscious thinking. Now, this isn't the original fall. This is... <laughs> Monday night fall. <laughs> oh, God, that was, cla- that was a classic bishop. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of those that's hard to respond to. I love you. But th- th- I shared with the Thursday night group. Our trainer, that I've been, I've been three, a little over three years working with this guy, and, and he's, he's a gentle spirit in a lot of ways, but very enthusiastic. I knew that it... I could not do a drill instructor kind of trainer because I would I would have quit within a few weeks. But this guy has been he's been kind, he's been encouraging, he's been nurturing. Well, this week he or two weeks ago he said to Carol and I, you may not want to run, but you should never lose the ability to run. So he said, I'm going to begin to put some things in our workout sessions that go towards running. So he decides this last Monday that wind sprints on a asphalt surface, 30-degree incline, 40 yards long, would be a first step, right? And so he says, let's do some practice starts. You know, you know, sprinters, they get down in that, that's, I can't get down there, but they get down in that start position, and they're all revved, and they're ready to go. And, and he says, go, and I take five steps, and I fall flat on my face. I literally face-planted on asphalt. But I, but I also bruised this rib, because this rib here, my bottom rib sticks out a little bit. And so I landed on that. And, you know, it was not the end of the world, and I got up and did six sprints afterwards. The next day it was a little sore. The next day a little sore. But on Wednesday, Holy Spirit took that event and brought back my two oldest sisters had always called me a klutz. And so my subconscious viewed me as a klutz. And the Holy Spirit said, you're not a klutz. And I went, hmm? Because deep down, I've always felt I was a klutz. That was programmed from my two oldest sisters. Now, whether they intentionally tormented me with that or not, I don't know. But it all started because I was like six or seven years old, and I was riding a bicycle. And, you know, bicycle have, bicycles have brakes, right? Well, I decided to use the porch for a brake. And I slid past the porch and fell into the rose bush. So my sisters, ever since then, have called me a klutz. I have one sister who calls me Bozo the Clown. And it's like, that stuck. And my subconscious built a whole set of things around that so that my expectation became I'm a klutz. So apparently, unbeknownst to me, when I fell and got back up and started running, I triggered that sequence and on Wednesday Holy Spirit said you're not a klutz and today I don't feel like a klutz you, you, you weren't a sprinter 
<laughs> and I'm not a sprinter. <laughs> but that's a perfect example of how God works all things for your good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, but, you know, those, those of you who have known me for more than a, a, a couple of decades, no, <laughs> uh, those of you who have known me for a while know that if that would have happened even a couple of years ago, that would have devastated me. You would have been done, over with, never yeah. do that again. Yeah, would I would have probably quit room. working out. You've been in your room for days. Yeah. So that, I mean, talk about a freeing moment where Holy Spirit went and changed my perspective like that. But he used a natural event to do it, to overcome a historical pattern. Greg. You said you haven't watched, watched Malcolm Smith. I've watched you the know. first two on those. Okay, third is identity. Okay. And he talks about the names, Gomer, what it means, uh, how he was told, they were told to name the kids, and then he changes their name. And his whole message, he talks about how circumstances in our life, we pick up a name that isn't true, of what, you know, you're a failure, you're this. That is not your identity. Yeah. You have to go to what God has told you who you are. And that changes your total, your total identity. If if you would if you would listen to him, yeah. and that that triggered something. A man, I've shared this before. My mom, my initials are GDA. My mom used to call me GD Aldrich. Oh. So, you know, and I, and that came back to my mind. Like, how about that? So, but I I know you know if I've I've looked up you know what does your name mean biblically, and it means, um, oh, what's the for the right word, vigilant. Dark warrior, old and wise. That's what my full name means in Hebrew. Interesting. Interesting. My mom wanted to call me Judy Albrecht. Yeah. Now let's finish. That was was Malcolm. Yeah. Yeah. He's doing. He did a series on Hosea, and that's Hosea number three. He's talking about it's identity, and that's why I watched that one first. But then I went to the others, and I'm going, "Oh my goodness." He is he is on fire, and he is coming in September. So just so you remember that. Malcolm's coming here. Yes, in September. Don and Malcolm. Third weekend in September. Third weekend, 16, 17, and eighteen. So let's finish up today with verse twenty-four, and then we'll pick up from here. I really feel like we have. I feel like Muriel's right. I feel like we broke through a wall today. Um, A pleasant breakthrough. Pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Hmm. Mm. Think about that. What's that one saying? Pleasant words are a honeycomb. Our words have power. They do. Power to heal. Or destroy. Power to heal or destroy. And it comes... And, and the words you're going to choose are kind of common thoughts, oftentimes filtering through your subconscious. Because if I don't like sharing, my odds are my words are not going to be real sweet. <laughs> right? Yeah, I'm thinking about, what, you know, scripture I pondered a lot is that talks about that we can all prophesy in you. And I have just lightly discussed that. But if I was going to walk up to wants to be picked on. Diane. Did, did she say she wanted to be picked on? No, I, <laughs> I, I bushwhacked her. 
And I said, you know, Diane, you have got a wonderful future, and your future is now, and you are going to realize the depth of the blessing that you walk into. Now, I did, can't say that I got that from God. You know, it's not, but it's, it is, it's what prophecy is, encouragement, uplifting, et cetera. I don't know what exactly you said, but there is real power in those words, and, and I'm just planting seeds in them, but those are seeds of truth. But not only are you planting seeds, you're, you're, you're planning for the potential opening of the door of the subconscious to be reprogrammed to that truth. Because now Holy Spirit can take what was spoken and go, whoosh. So really, if I'm walking down the street and I see somebody and I stop and say, you know, you've got a great future. Your, your life, you're going to walk in such blessing and it's already there. It's, if that is a, prophet, a prophetic yeah. word. Yeah. And we really all can do this. Yeah. yeah. Just by the simple exercising it. But the question of, was it God? Well, who's in there? Exactly. So yes, it is, but it's not It's not that mystical, you know. Okay. Well, and I don't think prophecy has to be mystical. I don't either. So, so tell, me, tell me what you're getting out of today. What are you hearing? We heard from Muriel about something I thought was extremely profound. And y'all, y'all can y'all can reach that level or top it. I'm okay with that today. What are you getting? What are you hearing? I want to watch the gorilla. Okay. <laughs> I come from gorilla. That really opens yeah. something for me from me back. So thank yeah. you. Yeah. Uh -huh. It's the Holy Spirit speaking through gorilla. So. Yeah. How many of you are feeling encouraged after today? How many of you are feeling dejected after today? How many of you are ambivalent after today? At some level, this is working. I'm feeling more powerful um, in the knowledge and the going forth of the Christ in me for Good. other people. Okay. Good. Does Good. Does make any sense? It does. It does. All right, I want to continue. There's a few more verses in Proverbs that I want to talk about next week, and I want to start exploring different techniques to to reprogram the subconscious mind. There are, there are scores of people out there. Carolyn Leaf comes from a Christian perspective, and she does a great job of talking mind-body connection and how to reprogram. And even Joe Dispenza, you know, I think Joe Dispenza, he has, is much more Christ-centered than he puts out publicly because he's trying to reach a group of people who are, would be turned off by, the, by a Christ perspective. So I think he does a good job. But they're, but they're all techniques are different and so they may not all fit one person okay carol and i are st still exploring this one te technique which is i think one of the best we've found yet to reprogram um the subconscious and it's easy because too often we'll we'll fret about is it working is it not working and then we're really not pro reprogramming because we're creating a new <laughs> program so we're, we'll explore some of this as we go forward and, and i'm probably going to do one more week on this then take a break so you can catch up, and, and then we'll talk about a couple of other things for a few weeks. But I, I do see some some time once that once we get moved in July, I do see some um, different days when we'll be practicing some of these things and exploring some of these things. Not necessarily on a Sunday, but you know, there's no reason why we can't all effectively rise up to the fullest of extent of who Christ has created us to be by stripping away some of the old slime and mud and masks, okay? I truly believe that. 
And I know that personally for me, I've, I've grown a lot since we've gone to this format. I have personally grown a lot because I don't take the responsibility for Sunday on my, on my shoulders now because really it's, it's a participatory thing. I just kind of kick the topic off and steer it as we're moving, but I don't feel like I have to own it, which is huge for me. So with that said, some of you may say, I don't, I'm not interested in this, but bear with me. I think you'll get some good stuff out of it because I really feel this is the time and the season because as the sons of God continue to awaken to their true identity, we need to get rid of some of this bad programming because I just, I just really feel like the day is coming quickly as I watch the culture continue to shift that we are going to be the influencers way beyond what we've even thought potentially possible. So I'm just wanting to walk that road with you, that journey with you. All right, that's my, that's my spiel for today. And anybody have anything you want to add? Muriel, if one last chance for you, Muriel. Just remember to love yourself, too. Yes. It's important. Good reminder. Good reminder. Yeah. Awesome. Love you guys. Love you, too. <laughs> see you guys soon. All right, okay. see you Thursday. Bye-bye. I'm going to stop recording now. Right.